0: Lesson six, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the scripture, and then give you an overall overview of what it says. Um, So let's go ahead and pray again. Dear Lord, I come before you, Father, and I ask that you speak through me right now, Lord, and Father, that your word will penetrate to our hearts, Lord, and that we can take it home, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for giving us your word and your grace, Father, on our lives. I thank you, Father, that you have given us the ability, Lord, to read, Lord, your word, and to sing and to worship, Lord Jesus, your um, scriptures to our hearts also, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn with me to chapter 5, and I'm going to read. So therefore, since we have been right made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to endure and endurance helps strength of character in us and strength, character strengthens our confidence, expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now no one is likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored to friendship with God by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. So I'm going to stop right there. This is like a two-part um, message they give the whole chapter. So we do have peace with God Um Anybody see that movie Broken? Is it Unbroken or Broken? Where at the end, the war's over. And the guys finally realize that the war's over. And I mean, who knows how long it had been since before that. And they finally got word that the war is over. How awesome is that? To have that news. But can you imagine if they had found out right away that that war was over and they're still, they're still fighting the war. They're still in battle. You know, we sometimes do that. We don't realize the war is over. We don't realize that the fight has been fought. We need to realize that God has already fought that fight, that the war is over, and we have victory in Christ. Why do we all keep fighting the war when it's over? (laughs) God sent his son to die for our sins and rise again so we may live in peace. We all have those thoughts of hope. The Lord doesn't come down on me for this or get mad at me for that or hide in the forest. The war is over. The sin that separated us from God is forgiven and forgotten. If you are a believer in what God the Father did for you by sending Jesus Christ to die in your place, you are righteous. You are justified by faith. We all fall back into that stinking thinking. We have to earn it, or we aren't good enough for God's grace. We all can relax and enjoy our relationship with him, talk with him, have fellowship with him, continually Because we have peace with him eternally. Keep in mind the few next chapters in our Christian life is two-sided. One is our acceptance with him. It's secure. Number two, we are growing in Christ and becoming more and more like him. We all feel both the presence of Christ and the pressures of sin. We enjoy the peace that comes from being made right with God, but still face daily problems that often help us grow. We should not be discouraged when we face temptations and problems. Instead, we will learn to depend on the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Tribulations. Hmm. Why? Why, why, why? (laughs) Um, John Corson's calls it crushings. So um, that sounds about right. It's like crushing your heart. You know, it's like, why am I have to go through this? Why should we glory in the times of crushing tribulations? Because it is during those times that we realize we can do nothing. Or maybe we think we can pull it off. Our flesh wants to do anything and everything on our own. When trials arise, then I can't do a thing and is too heavy to bear. We need to give it completely to God. We need to say, okay, Lord, take this from me. Allow me to wait on you. Give me patience, which gets us to experience his love and his presence. Life's difficulties and Satan's attacks do what? They build character. The problems that we run into will develop our perseverance, which in turn will strengthen our character. Deepen our trust in God and give us greater confidence about the future. Thank God for those opportunities to grow and deal with them in his strength. So easily said. Okay, so let's go to verse 12. Let's read verse 12 through 11. When Adam sinned, sin entered the human race. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone's sin. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. And though there was no law to break, since it had not yet been given, they all died anyway. Even though they did not disobey or explicit commandment of God as Adam did, what a contrast between Adam and Christ, who was yet to come. Okay, a little farther. Did I not read the right part? Mm -mm -mm. Okay, go back to verse 6. I was supposed to read 6 through 11. When we utterly helped... Helpless, Christ came at the right time and died for us sinners. Now no one is likely to die for a good person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who's specially good. But God showed His great love for us, sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's judgment. For since we were restored by friendship with God by the death of the Son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be delivered from eternal punishment by his life. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making friends of God. So this talks about all three members of the Trinity are involved in salvation. The father loved us so much that he sent his son to bridge the gap between us and he sent the Holy spirit to fill our life with love and to enable us to live by his power. We were weak and helpless and needed a savior. He was sent at exactly the right time in history. Remember Jesus Christ loved you even before you turned to Him. Be assured that having begun a life with Christ, you have a reserve of power and love to call on each day to help meet every challenge, every trial. You can pray for God's power and love as you need it. Our friendship with Christ has been restored because of the cross. I'm crackly. My hair. Okay, now we're going to read verse 12 through 21. I already read a little bit of that. Let's pick up in verse 15. And what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness. For this one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin. But this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. And the result of God's gracious gift is very difficult from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But we have the free gift of being accepted by God, even though we are guilty of many sins. The sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. But all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation upon everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness makes us all people right in God's sight and gives them life because one person disobeyed God Many people became sinners, but because one person obeyed God, many people became right in God's sight. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful kindness became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead giving us right standing with God, and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this is a big section. So it talks about how the contrast between Adam, the sin, and God and life. Okay? So we we kind of need a law. We need a law. We don't want people driving down the highway, like at 80 miles an hour, and then everyone's going to do it. So then we'll have a lot of crashes. You know what I mean? So we need to have those certain things in place to protect us, to make us safe, to reassure us that we're going to be okay. So um, we have all been born into Adam's physical family that leads to death. All of us have reaped the results of Adam's sinful nature because Jesus, we can trade judgment for forgiveness. Christ offers us the opportunity to be born into a spiritual family that leads to eternal life. Adam was the best humanity had to offer, and he represented all of us. Have a bad thought, have a rotten attitude, or saying an unkind word, We're all sinners. No one's perfect. Adam caused problems. He caused pain. He caused sin and death. Yes, Jesus heaped unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God upon us. Our Lord Jesus rains grace upon us. Adam polluted as Jesus purifies. Jesus washes us clean. Because of Adam's failure, sin continually enters the world like babies being born into this world, hooked on crack, hooked on hooked on whatever, the sin of their mothers. We have all been condemned because of sin. You're being pretty tough on Adam, you might say, placing the rap for all the sins of the world, all the death of mankind, all the junk in our own life and our own file. Yes, perhaps, but that's Paul's idea. He's making that point because all the negativity that happened, all the junk that happened because of one man so bombed out, and there's so much good that can happen because of one man coming through, and that's Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.47 Adam was the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. And 1 Corinthians 15.45 The first man, Adam became a living person, but the last Adam, that is, is Christ. He is a living, giving spirit. Christ offers us to be a part of the family line of God that begins with forgiveness of sins and leads to eternal life. If we do nothing, we receive death through Adam. But if we come to God by faith, we receive life through Christ. Which family line do you choose? We should all see and feel Jesus He's offering his open arms to lift you above the ladder of the laws. To take you directly to God. Then we are free to obey him out of love. No wonder Jesus could look at the multitudes and have compassion on them. Take every instance he had. He brought peace and mercy. Do we not try to earn our blessings by intensive prayer or Bible study? Try to prove your faith by witnessing or ministering in Mexico or some off-beaten third-world country? Do we not fall into the trap of always analyzing, scrutinizing, and condemning yourself as well as others. Salvation is not based upon your knowledge it's your, or your deep study, your 24-hour prayer chain. It's based upon one thing, the grace and goodness of God in sending one man, the last Adam, Jesus Christ.